Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and thanks for tuning in today to the Real People, Real Talk podcast ministry. And here's why you should listen today. I am devoting another episode to faith and fitness. God has given us one body and he calls us to steward it well. So joining the show once again, it's nationally certified personal trainer and weight loss specialist, Coach Matthew Gay. Welcome back, Coach. Hey, man. Thanks for having me again. Most definitely. Be sure to check the show notes. I have a link to the previous episode that we did, as well as a link to connect with Coach Matt and to check out his transformational fitness program. But we're going to jump right into it. Coach, what does it look like to combine faith and fitness? Yeah, I mean, it starts with the reason that you're doing it, right? Like, I think it's so easy for us to start uh, a fitness journey because we want to lose weight or, you know, we just want to feel better. And that's, that's noble. That's, you know, that's honest. I mean, um, if you're, if you haven't really been taking that great care of yourself and then you, you decide to make that change, I'm going to applaud you in that. But for the believer, it's got to go a little bit deeper, right? Yeah. Like we are not our own. So that, as, as first Corinthians six, not 19 finishes off. Um, so placing Christ at the center of your health journey, faith and fitness coming together. It, it, it's just like, family and faith coming together and work and faith coming together it's you're doing it for him primarily rather than for your own for your own sake and you know allowing him to help you navigate the discipline and the the the, the decisions that you have to make and you know the, the the rough stuff that comes with going against the grain of your comforts and conveniences you know in order to get into better shape it's, it's allowing him to walk with you on that and acknowledging him in all of your ways as you, you attempt to make that transition yeah you you hitting hitting us with the facts already started off with what's your yeah. why and i like that because that that challenged me i was thinking what's my why and as you was talking and i was listening i was like well, what is my why so i'm like i believe right. like my fitness is it's an act of worship because like you said mm-hmm. and it's acts of stewardship and mm-hmm. obedience and just treating the body well, the one body that God has given us. And yeah. I don't think I would add to that coach is like when I'm not, not every single workout, but most of my workouts, I like to listen to a sermon, listen to worship music, or sometimes I just turn the Bible app on and just listen to the, the Bible. So therefore my workout is also an act of worship. I'm taking care of my body and I'm also connecting to God in that moment as well. Yeah. And I, I would point that out. That's a really great point to make because we can, you know, you can obviously make anything about doing it out of obligation or obedience, whatever it is. And, you know, uh, it has a, a certain kind of uh, stench to it, so to speak, <laughs> I guess, for some folks. Um, but there's also a beauty and an enjoyment, right? There's there's such a beautiful benefit of bringing the Lord onto your health journey, because now as you are walking and worshiping, as you are listening to the word and doing your workout, as you're struggling through temptations and praying in those moments where you feel tried, you're also working on your relationship with the Lord. You're bringing him into yet another area of your life. So it's now another way to commune with him, right? He, He made the pineapple. He made the fruits and vegetables and things that we should be eating. I mean, as we consume it, we're communing with him. So, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of fun that, uh, you experience uh, pursuing a, a health journey with the Lord, bringing him into this thing. Um, and there's so much more that he can teach us about ourselves as we allow ourselves to be challenged through the journey of health and fitness. 
I love that you said inviting him in. And not not just to yeah. our fitness, but I mean, it's not to go in a rapture, but we should invite God into every aspect of our life, our marriage, Amen. our health, our finances. But that's another mm-hmm. sermon for another day. It um, really is. So, Coach, like, what are some some of the benefits of working out? Because sometimes when people think about working out, sometimes it can be, you know, I got to get out of my comfort zone. Um, it's going to take some energy and some effort. But let's look at the bright side. What are some benefits of working out? Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's two sides of it. There's the physiological benefit and then the psychological benefit of exercising. From the physiological standpoint, I mean, it, in just 10 minutes of exercising a day starting out, I mean, you start to notice better energy. Your energy development systems are being trained. Um, you start to experience uh, faster metabolism, better blood flow, nutrient absorption. I mean, so many different things take place within your body that you can't see in the mirror just from mm-hmm. exercising, right? So your heart and lungs begin to get stronger um, as you as you get into more intense exercise or more longer durations. You start working on the extensibility of your heart walls. You start working on the thickness of your heart walls, which prevents a lot of illnesses and diseases and conditions. Um, your your lungs again also get stronger. You get more efficient at oxygen consumption, and you get more efficient at blood flow. Um, you just get better. You become better as a human being overall, physically. Then on the the psychological side of things, better mood, right? More stability with your mood, more mental energy and clarity, right? Um, those are huge things. I mean, uh, one of the major de- uh, treatments of depression and anxiety is recommended exercise. Wow! Right? Go do something. Walk for twenty minutes a day. Um, it's it's been proven time and time again that uh, the chemical effects on the brain of long duration exercise, which would be 20 minutes or more, uh, is, is astounding. I mean, it's staggering what we notice that the difference it makes, uh, in our brains, um, and the function cognitive ability is just, it's just incredible. So there's so much that we can get from moving, uh, just normally on a daily basis, which I think this is one reason the enemy would love for us to have a, a sedentary lifestyle Come on. because there's so much that we are robbed of. When we don't move naturally. You know, it, it, there, there's so much that we get from physical exercise that the enemy does not want for us, but God is calling us and Come functioning on. us and convicting us Say that. To, to get from it, you know? You preaching, coach. And I'm so glad you pointed out the connection between working out and your mental health and just continuing yeah. in that same vein on the mental and emotional side. And you already said this and just amen and echoing that when I work out, I am in a much better mood after I work out. As, oh, man. as a matter of fact, I just got through doing a, a walk slash jog. So I guess I was walking, did about six miles and I feel like I am on cloud nine. Um, <laughs> and not just that, but it, it gives me a sense of a sense of confidence. I'm like, all right, I, I know I've worked out. I feel more disciplined. So it gives me a sense of confidence. And before I move on, I just want to read this quote from the Mayo Clinic. It said, if you need an emotional lift or you need to de-stress after a stressful day, a gym session or a brisk walk can help. Physical activity stimulates various brain chemicals, as Coach already said, that may leave you happier, more relaxed, and less anxious. You may also mm-hmm. feel better about your appearance and yourself when you exercise regularly, which can boost your confidence and improve your self-esteem. Okay, Mayo Clinic. Yeah, man. So speaking broadly here, as it relates to fitness, what should people do more of? Uh, I mean, the basics, right? So basic functions, walking, use your use your feet, right? Put fo- one foot in front of the other. And that's a great place to start. It's also a great place to just continue. I mean, mm-hmm. for as long as you live, move more throughout the day, stand, walk, 
uh, be more active just naturally. When it comes to fitness, get outside, move more, breathe fresh air, breathe deeper. That's on a basic level. Mm -hmm. Um, Then from there, start working with your own body weight, squatting, pushing up, right? Like get to a place where you can efficiently and effectively move your own body weight. And then from there, start actually incorporating some external resistance because, I mean, let's think about it. We're going to do laundry. We carry groceries. We're going to help people move their couches. We're going to do things, right? Like that's what I'm getting at. We're going to move stuff. Right. Um, life involves movement of things outside of our being. And that's the way that I encourage my clients to approach fitness. Let's, let's go about this in a functional way that's practical for daily living. And now on the opposite side of the same coin, coach, what should people do less of? Yeah, I'm just going overboard, right? Like you're trying to lose weight. So you spend 60 minutes on a treadmill. Like, what is that? That's just stressing your body out. I mean, <laughs> get off the treadmill and go walk outside for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sp- mix it up a little bit. That, that's the that's the primary thing, especially because I, I'm a weight loss specialist. So I see people overdoing it with cardio and underdoing it with resistance training. Um, for whatever reason, maybe it's just they're more comfortable with walking and they don't know what they're doing with the resistance training or don't feel like they know what they're doing. Um, so in, in that regard, I would say uh, what you could do less of is, uh, I guess, accepting that you don't know what you're doing with resistance training and just not doing it rather than seeking help. <laughs> Start seeking help. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, that, the primary thing, I mean, as far as, as far as that goes, sit less, mm. <laughs> sit less, stand more, move more. Um, you know, and incorporate a steady balance of resistance training and, and cardio, you know, is kind of the, the way I would answer that. Yeah, definitely. And, and coach with your answers, what, what I'm coming to a conclusion is that being healthy, is not complicated. Mm-mm. It's not necessarily easy, but it's definitely not complicated. I feel like a lot of us know what to do, but just a matter of just putting these things into practice, putting these things into motion. And, you know, as I was starting off my weight loss journey several times, because it's been like a process, but I thought cardio was king and got to be on the treadmill, got to be on the elliptical. Mm. The more that I, I researched in my research, I went to Google University and I went to YouTube University and I found <laughs> out that it really comes to resistance training. Both are important, but you do need mm-hmm. that um, lifting weights because I heard that when you get muscle, that even when you're done with your workout, that muscle would just burn more fat. You naturally burn more calories as a human being when you have more muscle because Mm. it requires more calories to maintain muscle mass. So whereas somebody who has, you know, 10 pounds more of muscle uh, than somebody else who maybe has the same amount of weight, the person who has 10 pounds more of muscle, even though they're both the same weight, is going to be burning more calories on a daily basis than the person that has less Uh, muscle mass. So that person can afford to eat more. That person can afford to get away with more, you know, treat meals and things like that, whatever it is, not have to worry about putting that weight on or, you know, they they, they lose it real quick while the other person has to be more nitpicky with their diet because they're higher on body fat percentage and don't have much muscle mass to, to kind of combat those extra calories. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. So, and I would, I would add to that, you know, if you guys are working on weight loss, um, muscle mass is one way that especially my program, um, but just in yourself, you can actually start working on maintaining your weight by putting on muscle mass throughout the process. A lot of folks will think I need to lose weight first, then I'll start working on building muscle. Right. I've heard that. That's a fallacy. Mm. Don't do that. While you're losing weight, start building muscle, especially if you have a lot of weight to lose. You don't want to be sitting around soft and squishy with a bunch of loose skin after, after you lost all this weight. Right. Right. Nobody wants that. So start working on building muscle and do some of the cardio you're still burning calories when mm-hmm. you build when you're when you're lifting weights right exactly but you could be building muscle and burning calories as opposed to just burning calories 
and you know at the end of that fat loss phase or this you know journey where you've gotten out to a weight that you want to be at you're more likely to keep it off because you have more you have more muscle working for you yeah that's a good point because as i wear my my fitbit i notice let's say i do a one hour of cardio at my normal regular speed whether that's on the treadmill or the elliptical is a normal the two that i go to sometimes i will burn about 600 calories according to the fitbit or mm-hmm. whatever and then when i will lift weights i see that those one hour sessions end up especially when i do free weights and dumbbells end up being mm-hmm. 700 to 800 calories so i'm like there's a lot of truth into what you're saying i've seen that in my short sample size that i've done personally yeah absolutely and so speaking of weight loss, I'm curious to hear your expert opinion on this. Like, talk to me about non-scale wins because I'm often guilty of getting too caught up in the number on the scale. When it comes to non-scale wins, we want to focus on performance goals, things that we can control on a daily, weekly basis. So what's your workout frequency? Maybe set a goal of if you're, if you're not doing anything, start off with three days a week, mm-hmm. right? Maybe walk in 20 minutes. Um, if, if it is uh, concerning nutrition, maybe it's dialing back on a certain beverage or a certain food item that you typically eat all the time that you need to chill out on. Uh, maybe it's starting to track your food. Then once you've successfully achieved set, you know, said amount of days or whatever it is or a period of time of success, that's a, that's a victory. And we start tracking those things, right? Um, I, I often encourage people to use like a calendar, like the, you know, the little fold down calendars uh-huh. where it's got like a, you know, cute kittens and then <laughs> every day of the month on yep. it scripture and, 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 the, and the mountain and then uh-huh. you got your, get those. one of those right put it on the wall and like every day like, d- determine what your habit goal is mm-hmm. right what are the habits that i need to initiate or start to start to work on in order to get where i'm trying to go the, what is supportive of my outcome goal I'm, i have my goal i know where i'm trying to go but now i'm going to focus on the turns the stops, the, you know, the actual getting there. Right. So once you've determined what the habit goal is, now you can start to track how often you successfully hit that goal. So every day I'm going to, like I said, wake up and I'm going to work, I'm going to work out for 20 minutes, whatever that looks like. Okay. Let's track how every, every day that you do that, let's track that. Um, so that's, that's one way is just tracking your frequency of, you know, a certain habit. The other thing is looking at measurements, mm-hmm. right? So if we're talking about actual, like more, more so outcome, but still not the scale, we're looking at measurements. We're looking at how your clothes fit, right? Um, we're looking also at performance, right? So if mm-hmm. you set a time, say 20 minutes and you say, you're going to go for a walk and you track how many or how, how far you get in that 20 minutes. Well, Write that down when you do it on Monday Mm -hmm. and next Monday, write down how far you got in that same amount of time and keep doing that every Monday so that you can see, wow, I am actually getting farther in the same amount of time than I was. I'm getting faster. I'm getting more fit, right? Um, I would recommend rather, rather than continuing to add time, because at some point you'll be walking for 24 hours if you just keep adding time to right. it. I, I would good. work towards hitting a certain distance goal in a period of time. And then once you've hit that goal, then bump it up just a little bit. Okay, we're going to go to 25 minutes now and see how far we can get in that amount of time. And You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a, an, an example there. So in your performance, how much weight you're lifting, how many reps you can do, how far you go in a certain amount of time, those things really encourage us and show us while wow, I'm improving. You know, uh, alongside, like I said, how your clothes are fitting, your how your energy levels are, um, what your measurements are saying. Those are all really great non-scale victories in addition to just your daily habits and things that you're now successfully doing more frequently. 
I'm interviewing, but I'm also learning too. So I really appreciate your, your expertise and your input on that personally. And I know my audience is going to appreciate that as well. And, and coach, before we transition to the next cool segment that I got planned, um, tell mm. us, tell me in the, my dear audience, one of your favorite, um, motivating, um, maybe fitness related scriptures. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if it's motivating, but it's, it's one that uh, I encourage people to think about deeply. Um, it's, it's Proverbs 25, 28. Um, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Mm, I like right? that. So a lot, a lot of folks are feeling robbed of physical freedom, joy, confidence, self-worth, right? They haven't really been communicating to themselves that they're worthy, right? They haven't really been, they've been making promises about on their health journey and then not following through. So they're messing with their own self-confidence. Um, our, our need for self-discipline is so vital and critical, not just in our walk with Christ, but just for, for a, a, a prosperous existence yeah. on the face of this planet, right? Self-control is so vital. And I talked about this, I think last time, and I, I speak about it all the time, where we lack self-control, we lack freedom, yep. right? So that is that is probably one of the most encouraging um, for me from from a coach's standpoint. Seeing how people struggle and what they typically struggle with, that is something that I I think that that that, that because the scripture speaks on that, um, I'm allowed to point to this and say, hey, look, like don't be that city that is broken into and left without walls. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. A man without self-control, man or woman without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. You're left wide open. Literally, the thing that you're struggling with the most begins to visibly manifest before us. We're able to see what you're struggling with, right? Hence, weight gain year after year after year after year, right? For some folks. Um, So that, yeah, Proverbs 25, 28, meditate on that. I love it. That's a good one. Cause in my mind, I was trying to predict what you may say. And I had like a few in mind. He may say this, he may say that, but I mm-hmm. never thought about that one, but that connection to discipline and the connection to physical health is key. So thank oh, you, yeah. my brother. So, yeah. so we wanted to do something new as this is part two of our faith and fitness series. I want to do something new today and interact with my social media fam. I asked them for their best fitness advice. And so I'm going to read out what they said. And then coach Matt is going to offer his response and expertise and his two cents to these comments. So my friend Devonte, he said, even when your body doesn't look like it's changing, your mind is changing. And that's so true because each week, when I progress and I add more weight, I also feel mentally stronger and have the mentality mm-hmm. that I am capable of more. And so, Coach, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love I love the concept of resistance training, right? And in, in the figurative sense, in the illustrative sense, as well as in the literal sense, right? Because what we're doing with resistance training is essentially putting more on ourselves than we can handle for Come a on. certain amount of reps, yep. right? And and forcing ourselves to match that, to press through, right? So every time we go for the extra rep, when we we're literally teaching our bodies to resist temptation or, or, or uh, attention for a period of time, we're training ourselves to to push back, right? Which that's, that's illustrative of what we have to do in life. Period. Come on, right? So there's not many really there's not really not many circumstances that you can put yourself in where you actually get to train something that transcends so many different areas of your life, and you can do that on a daily basis. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, while your body may not be necessarily changing on a daily basis, every day that you show up, every day that you commit to the journey, every day you say yes when you need to say yes, even though you want to say no, and and 
and the vice versa, right? Every day you say no to something you, you should say no to, but you really want to say yes to. Yep. You're, you're training a side of you that that is critical and vital and needs to be strong for multiple areas of your life. And you are getting stronger as a human being in that mentally. And eventually it starts to show physically as well, too, because consistency is what produces an actual result that lasts. So absolutely. 100%. I agree with that guy. <laughs> all I can say to that is amen. It was good. Um, just Maria said, it's all about the reset. A few days of staying off track won't undo weeks of progress. Shake mm-hmm. it off and keep moving forward. And then David Armijo had a similar comment. He said, don't let one bad decision derail all of your good choices. Talk to me, yeah. coach. Yeah. There's so many people have an all or nothing mentality. Mm-hmm. So when we slip up one day, we're like, Oh, I guess I'll start next week. And it's like, what? Like, this is life. And you're trying to implement a new lifestyle. That means that life is going to happen. And that's not a life. Life happening isn't a reason for you to completely throw up your hand and jump off the wagon because you said you were trying to start a life style. So you kind of need life (laughs) in order to create it. Or it doesn't even, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, so you can't, you can't use the natural things that happen in life. Um, as a reason to to jump ship. So yeah, a couple. And truthfully, I mean, even if uh, from a physiological standpoint, your your body is going to adapt to what you do most of the time. So a couple bad days isn't going to derail you. I mean, I have a client right now, and she actually works for us um, as well too. Um, uh, she actually has had four surgeries this year, mm-hmm. and yet she. Uh, I actually just had a run with her this morning. Her, her shoulder is her her last surgery is you know um, she's still healing from it. But um, she she has actually not lost nearly as much strength as she was thinking she was going to lose. Mm. So the, the but the truth of the matter is every time she's come back from a surgery, she's gone through the physical therapy and she started to work in working with what she's got. Right. Using what she's got as far as what she could do. Um, and so she's maintained a lot of her strength. But I think when we get sick or we have an injury or we you know have family in town and really can't you know run the play like we like we normally do or you know, whatever it is, we have an off day, it causes us to feel like um, we've failed overall, or you know what I mean, we can internalize that. And um, we have to, you, you got to drop that, because that's not the truth at all. Your body's responding to what you do most of the time, a treat meal every once in a while, a couple mm-hmm. days off from working out, like I just mentioned, with the last comment, um, that's actually a part of the journey. And I think right. if you start to see that as a part of the process, rather than a diversion from the process, it's going to take some of the pressure off and, and keep you from wanting to jump ship whenever that happens. That's good. Not having an all or nothing mentality. And that's something that mm-hmm. I have to grow out of. Like, don't let one bad decision or don't let one bad meal turn into a bad weekend or into a bad oh, month. Sure. Like I start on Monday or I start in January. So mm-hmm. keep going. You got this. So combining two more comments again, um, Annabelle, she said, do compound movements. And then Lauren Simmons says to try new things. And so I combine those because the new things that I've been doing are compound movements. So (laughs) what are some top compound movements that we should incorporate? Deadlift, squat, bench press, and overhead press. Those are my four favorites. Nice. Compound movement basically means a multi-joint movement. So you need more than one muscle group. You need more than one uh, set of joints in order to do the movement, right? So a deadlift is going to work your back, it's going to work your legs, your butt, your core, I mean, your biceps, your traps, it's going to work a lot, your whole posterior chain. And it's actually one of the safest lifts that you can do. 
um, simply because you can drop the bar if it feels too heavy and something doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Whereas if something goes, something goes wrong on a squat, it's on your back. <laughs> you have to come back up. So use safety, safety bars on the side, mm-hmm. but, uh, or, or a spotter. But um, yeah, compound movements. I mean, you can even get into like dumbbell cleaning presses and things like that. Those movements, they burn more calories. They are more functional, right? They build more muscle overall. Things like deadlifts and squats will increase your human growth hormone and testosterone levels naturally. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot more benefit to doing compound movements uh, than in doing more isolated movements like a bicep curl or calf raises or you know leg extensions. That being said, because they are more demanding on your body, you don't want to do them like as frequently or as intensely. So right. these are so like you might do deadlift on Monday, bench on Tuesday, squat on Wednesday, overhead press on Thursday, and then full body on Friday. And then you can do some movements that support. So when you do deadlift, you might do other things for your back. When you do bench press, you might do other things for your chest, you know, and, and so on for the squats and then for the overhead press. So yes, 100% do, um, do compound movements. Now, in addition to that, and that's whether you're trying to lose fat or build muscle, whatever it is. Right. In addition to that, trying new stuff, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. I'm not saying going to the gym and just start messing with stuff. Pick a couple of things that you can try, right? So what's an exercise that you want to give a shot? Just implement that. Maybe one thing at a time, maybe a couple of things at a time. Um, maybe you want to, I don't know, you want to try doing burpees or you want to try doing overhead presses or whatever it is. Maybe you want to, whatever it is, just maybe test one thing per day, you know, in the three, four, five days that you work out and get to a point where it becomes more familiar to you and it will. So just, just kind of trust that, trust that, but yeah, don't be scared to try stuff. Go light Mm -hmm. so that it's safe. And then as you feel like you've, you know, gotten the form down, then you can start gradually incorporating more weight, leave the ego at the door and uh, have some fun. The timing of this personally is so cool because I just started incorporating more compound movements because I know it, it takes a lot, and but it burns a lot of calories. And I remember one workout, Coach, I was frustrated because I did some sets of squats. I did some sets of deadlifts. And because you got to adjust the weight, adjust the bar, it took a lot of time. And that's what was basically that was all I had a chance to do. And I was like, man, I've been here a whole almost a whole hour. And this is the only thing I had to do. And lo and behold, I checked my Fitbit and I burned almost the same amount of calories. So yeah, it just man. really reinforces what you already said, that those compound movements, it works a lot of muscles and it burns a lot of calories. And I'm personally going to start doing doing more of those. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, keep that up, man. Appreciate that, coach. And then Jessica Veloci said that 80% of fitness is what you eat. Eat real whole foods. And she goes on to say we are worthy of foods that will fuel our body. And then Jasmine Williams added, you cannot outwork a bad diet and a calorie deficit is key. If weight loss is to go, I feel like you can do a lot with that. Talk to me, man. So a caloric deficit is, I'll start from the end. The caloric deficit is important. Um, and uh, naturally what will happen when you go into a caloric deficit uh, or when you start eating healthier food rather is that you'll end up in a caloric deficit because they naturally just give you less calories, right? Then these high calorie dense, low nutritional foods, when you switch the role, you, when you turn the tables and start eating nutrient dense foods that are lower in caloric value, you naturally end up eating less food. Now, what I would recommend you guys doing if you are trying to transition is start to track your food 
like using up my fitness pal or something like that, because what will happen is that you'll end up eating so less that you start depriving your body of the calories that it actually needs. So it adapts, your metabolism starts slowing out. You begin to stress your body out, causes cortisol levels to go up and it starts to backfire on you to where you hit a plateau and don't know what to do. So you jump wagon and uh, end up getting all the way back. Um, within my program, Team Fitness, we take our, our folks through a three-phase process called the restorative eating method. And the first phase is called metabolic restoration. So that's where we actually take people from where they've been on and off diets, really restrictive, you know, strict, intense caloric deficit. And we focus on reducing internal stressors on their body, balancing out hormones, resetting their metabolism to where we can safely, when we do go into a fat loss phase, take them into a caloric deficit. Uh, and I would encourage you to con consider that. Now, when it comes to like taking in the right kinds of foods that, I mean, I think everybody understands that it's just a matter of practicing it. Um, so to put all of this in a way that, you know, I'm trying to put all these three comments together in a way that, that makes sense and works together. Um, first and foremost, start with your quality of food mm -hmm. is what you're putting in your body producing more life or taking it from you? Is it making you healthier or is it making you sicker, right? Is it glorifying God because it's coming from, it came from him or is, is it really supportive of the, of the patterns of this world, which we're told not to conform to because most of the food that you eat is made by man, yeah. right? So think about this, eat from hand, the hands of God. Now, if you're going to start doing that, and again, you are focusing on losing weight because that, I mean, nutrition is, is a big part of this thing. It's the primary thing. It is, I would say 80, 70% of the whole, the whole deal. Um, specifically because you could be training really, you, you know, you and I could be doing the exact same workout program, have the exact mm -hmm. same genetics, whatever it is. But if I'm eating better than you, I'm going to see better results. Thanks. Hands down. I am. Thanks. I'm going to look like I'm doing a lot more than you are. And it's not that I am. It's just that I'm eating better because think about this. If you work out for an hour every single day, Man. each day you still have 23 hours to either support what you did in the gym mm -hmm. through good nutrition and sleep and proper hydration and, and, and good stress management, which we don't talk about that one a lot, but that's huge. Mm -hmm. Or you can completely combat against everything that you did in the gym by bad nutrition, not sleeping enough, not drinking enough water and, 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 and spending all your time stressed out and worried about a million obligations. So yes, nutrition is extremely important in support of whatever goal that you have, even if it's just a, a healthy life. Um, but uh, on the top of that, specifically for the folks that want to lose weight, consider that if you are going to start eating healthier, if you're just switching things up. That's great. And I would encourage you if that's like all you feel like mentally you can handle is I'm just going to start switching the way that I eat. And I'm going to start eating four or five meals a day, but it's going to be healthier foods. Great. If you're trying to take it to another level, I would encourage you don't just go three meals a day and you're eating salads all day long because you're going to end up eating like 600 calories and your body's going to start to uh, combat against that. That's mm -hmm not healthy. You shouldn't right. be eating less than 1200 calories. Most men and women should not be eating less than 1200 calories unless you are. I mean, you're teeny tiny. I mean, you, you should, maybe if you're 95 pounds or something like that, that's fine. But the average toddler is eating anywhere from a, a thousand to 1400 calories. Okay. You shouldn't be eating as much as a toddler if you're a grown man or woman. Okay. So make sure that you're not eating so little that it's actually counterproductive, you know, now that you are eating foods that are lower in caloric value, because we still need to be taking in a certain amount of calories for our bodies to thrive. So I hope that that does respond to what was said and add some clarity as to how to go about doing this. Track your food so that you know how much you're taking in, switch up the quality of foods that you're taking in. And uh, yeah, make sure that you're eating healthy food the majority of the time, because again, your body's going to respond to what you do most of the time.
That was the perfect response. And you hit on two things that we could devote an entire another episode to, like the fact, the part that stress plays into it. And oh, then man. you even highlighted making sure that we don't go on the opposite end of the spectrum and under eat. And so anyway, I'll leave that there for, for a future um, episode. Um, lastly, I'm just going to throw one last comment at you. Uh, one of my friends, Gabby, she said, find something that you enjoy. And it's a cool way to conclude. Talk to me, coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I found personally for me that I like to, you know, my, my style of fitness is one that doesn't require motivation because it is the motivation. Um, and so, you, you know, if you like biking, bike, if you like swimming, swim, if you like playing volleyball, try to, you know, join a pickup league or something like that, but, but ultimately have fun. I will say that um, not everybody can always do exercise in a way that they just find enjoyable and that's where the discipline and that's where like embracing you know the, the as some people say embrace the suck but <laughs> in, in, embrace the discomfort rather right um you, you got to do that it, it, we don't all we don't only want to we, we don't want to feed into the side of us that only wants to do what we enjoy and what feels good mm-hmm. right like that sounds good oh just do it do what you enjoy well fitness by most people's standards is not always enjoyable Sorry, yes, it's not. I don't always enjoy my workouts. I don't en- always enjoy waking up to do the workout, but I do it anyways because there's a character that I'm building within myself and I identify as somebody who is is disciplined and, and is not operating strictly on the desire of the flesh. I'm not subject or en- enslaved by the, the passions and the comforts and conveniences that my flesh is calling me to. So I combat against that through doing things deliberately that my flesh doesn't want me to do, but that I should be doing because they better me. Um, on the other hand of that though, I think that sprinkled throughout your fitness journey on a daily or weekly basis, uh, daily, if you can, if you can manage it. Yeah. Do, do something that, you know, active that you just enjoy hiking. I love hiking. I love walking. Um, I love doing things that my kids enjoy as well too, because they can bike with me or we can shoot some hoops out front. And, you know, if you got parents, if you got kids play with your kids, you know, I mean, you play with your kids for 60 minutes, you're running around, you're playing mm-hmm. baseball, you're passing the football, you, whatever it is. Uh, that's, that's calories burned, man. That's activity. You know, that's going to, that's going to add to your overall daily output of calories. So yeah, man, do stuff that's fun frequently. Just don't, I, I would say, don't like only do mm-hmm. what, what you enjoy. If you can't do what you enjoy on a pretty frequent basis. Yeah. I love the gap to say, find something that you enjoy. And then I also love your response to it. Such a balanced response. It was like, because personally, every workout that I do, I don't feel like doing it and it's not enjoyable. But sprinkled throughout, like when I play basketball, I love it. And on um, upper body day, I really enjoy it. And so such a balanced response to that. And you can even... You can even like make what you do enjoy the focus of, mm. of, the, of like the things that you're doing that you don't enjoy so much, right? So if, for example, I'm, you know, I really enjoy playing soccer. Well, I might start seeing the workouts that I do outside of soccer as something that is supplementary to my ability to play soccer more efficiently. So I'm working legs, I'm running, I'm doing things that help me in soccer. If I like to dance, right, I need strength and stability in my legs and in my core. And I want to move my shoulders better and stuff like that. So when I do do, when I do Zumba or whatever it is, I can do more. If you like to worship and you like to wave flags or whatever it is that you do enjoy, maybe start training in a way that enables you to do the things that you enjoy better. So now the focus is still on doing things that you enjoy, even when you're doing stuff that you don't enjoy. I am so glad that you made that 
um, added comment because that's part of what fuels some of my workouts because I know like, all right, Paul, if I get on this treadmill and jog, I'm going to have more energy and more stamina to run up and down the court. Uh, if yeah. I'm doing some squats, I can post up people a little bit. And so I'm so yeah. glad that you added that. And so, uh, Coach, before I let you go, I'm just going to give you the floor, parting shots. You can tell people how to connect with you. You can tell them whatever you want to say. So talk mm-hmm. to us, Coach. Yeah, man. So uh, I want to encourage you guys, if you do want to make some steps in the right direction, but specifically this is for folks that feel like they need some guidance and direction, I do want to encourage you to go to getfitforheaven.com and check out the Fit for Heaven 12-week transformation program. Full workout program, nutritional education, bi-weekly support calls, an amazing community, an 84-day devotional course, your own training app. It is absolutely amazing and it's changing lives. And so that's a really great option for you to go ahead and get started and to actually be working with me and my team uh, on a more personal level. Um, aside from that, uh, Forever Fat Loss for Christians is the Facebook group that I have. Um, it's a free group. By all means, get up in there and learn. We're always doing free trainings and giveaways and opportunities to get one-on-one coaching and all kinds of stuff. So check that out. Um, all in all, though, I will, I will finish it off with this. Take action mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Just don't settle. Don't allow complacency to be a part of your reality. Come on. Make some sort of move. Don't focus on what you can't do, what you don't have. Focus on what you've got. Do you who has? More will be given. So exercise what freedom you do have, and you'll find that God gives you more. If you're not stewarding what you do have, God can't give you more because you're not you're already not managing what you got. Preach. Right? You you're like, I don't have enough energy. But do you have any energy? Okay, cool. Well, then use what energy you do have, do a little bit with that, and you might just find that your energy starts to go up, right? I'm not strong enough to do this. Okay, well, use what little strength you got, do a little bit with that, and you might find that you're able to do more things, and eventually you pull yourself out of that rut. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do with nutrition. I don't know how I'm supposed to be eating. What do you know? Okay, well then do that. Cause right now you're just saying that you don't know what to do. So you're not doing anything. Exactly. That's not helping you. Right. So use what you've got until you get what you want. Coach, man, I'll be sure to leave that link in the show notes. So my dear audience can connect with you. And once again, thank you so much for joining the real people, real talk podcast again and adding value to my dear audience. I appreciate you, bro. Anytime. And thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, then of course, be sure to share this episode right now. Thank you in advance. You don't want to be stingy with this good content. Now, before I let you go, allow me to read a scripture. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So all in all, I am rooting for you to thrive physically. You got this, my friend. Be a good steward over the body that God has given you. Amen. And amen again. Now, I am concluding today's episode with a snippet of a song by Lil Byron. And the song is called On My Grind. And I have this on repeat when I'm working out. So enjoy. And we'll see you next time. Y'all hating, cause y'all can't do what I do I don't hear what you saying, cause I 
I feel so blessed. I just be grinding, never ever stop. I'ma keep working till I reach the top. Making the miss so I can be the one. You hear on the radio, turn it up. I'ma stay on my grind, gotta stay on my grind. I'ma stay on my grind, gotta stay on my grind. Yeah, yeah.